You're listening to a message from Severe Heights. To learn more about us, go to www.severeheights.org. Well, good morning. Um, it's a joy to be with you guys this time of year, especially. And I would like to begin today by reading uh, an excerpt from a book that some guys and I are working through, my, my small group. And um, there were some words that, that just stood out in a big way for a chapter this week for me. I want you to listen to this. How is it conceivable that the divine should be contained in such brittle vessels as consonants and vowels? What else in the world is as capable of bringing man and man together over the distances in space and in time? Of all things on earth, words alone never die. They have so little matter and yet so much meaning. God took the words of scripture and breathed into them of his power. And the words became a live wire charged with his Holy Spirit. To this very day, words are hyphens between heaven and earth. What other medium could have been employed to convey the divine? Each Sunday as we gather, we examine words of scripture. And on this season, for the next few weeks, we're going to examine words, the Christmas story. Uh, last year, um, we looked at words that were pretty poetic, like, like the Christmas series itself was uh, songs that were sung by Simeon, Zechariah, and Mary. And this year, we're going to focus more and put a lens through the eyes of Mary on behalf of everything that took place. But, but for Mary, Zechariah, and Simeon, they all three had something in common. Life wasn't going like they thought it would go. Um, if, if you're alive long, the older you get, you start to, to see that, that life doesn't always go like I thought. Things don't always turn out how I planned. Like, like no doubt in a room like this, some of you just a, a couple years ago, a market was crazy with housing. And you're like, man, we, we can sell our house and make a buku. You sell a car and make a ton. And, and you did that and you dreamed and you thought and you planned and you found the, the dream house, the new car and, and made these purchases and you had no idea things would be the way they are today. You had, it never crossed your mind that, that, that perhaps now like the house isn't worth what you paid for and interest rates have changed. Like, like, like you never dreamed that, that that would take place. Like what do you do when, when life doesn't turn out like you thought? Others in here, like marriages that are represented, and goodness, you've been married five, ten years, and, and this year's been pretty good, but suddenly in the last few months, like, everything fell apart. And whereas you hear from most people that divorce take, take a while, yours pretty quick, and you've got the kids, and you're trying to navigate everything, but one of the things that you've learned is so surprising and hard to navigate is the conversations from other people. Like, when people ask, because they don't know yet, like, like, how is your spouse? I haven't seen him or her in a while. And, and you're stuck with, with giving an answer, like an answer that you never thought you would have to answer. Or you even think about your parents. Maybe there are grandparents in the room whose kids have gone through a divorce. And the, the conversations that are had with their friends about how are, your, how are your kids and your grandkids. And it's like you feel the weight on behalf of what's taking place in your marriage. And you're thinking, I never thought it would happen this way. You know, it, it, all of us in this room, there will be a time, a season, a chapter of life, when we're going to say the statement, I didn't think it would turn out like this. Today's story is, is so practical for us. 
It's gonna start with a couple, uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth, but the, the main story is about Mary, but then we'll go back to Elizabeth. So uh, Elizabeth is the bookends to the story today. And, and if, if life not working the way you thought is, is kind of resonating with you right now, I, I think this story will resonate with you as well. Luke chapter one, verse six and seven, this is Zachariah and Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous in the, the sight of God observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly, but they were childless because Elizabeth wasn't able to conceive. We got a combination here. The one in these verses, like, like they were obedient, they were faithful, they were righteous in the eyes of God, but they couldn't have children. So imagine like at, at their marriage, um, their dreams and their thoughts about the years to come but they weren't able to have children in the first year or two. Imagine they're in their 20s and, and people are saying, oh, just, just be patient, you know, it, it, it'll happen eventually. But, but by the time their 30s come, still no children. And the people in the small town tell Zechariah and Elizabeth, well, there, there's a doctor at the other side of town or there's a doctor um, down over here. And, and I would suggest you make this trip and, and perhaps, uh, perhaps that would work, but their 30s go on and no children. And now they're in their 40s. Uh, people talk around that time. And not, not only do people talk, but, but, but Zachariah, and Mary can't, Zachariah and Elizabeth can't help but wonder, was God not giving us this, his favor, because we did something that was unfavorable? Like this isn't turning out how we thought. Is it on us? And some people would start to think that it was on them. They're confused, they're bothered, they're struggling. Well, fast forward now to the 50s and 60s. Still no children, and by this time, people don't have children. This couple is deeply devoted, yet they're deeply disappointed. But their story is startled with something supernatural. The angel Gabriel makes an appearance to Zechariah as he's in the temple, and he lets Zechariah know that his elderly wife is expecting a baby boy, and this boy will be the messenger for the Messiah. Zachariah's floored and just dumbfounded, doesn't know what to say. And he's like, how can this be? There, there, there's no way. I've got to have a sign. And, and the angel's bothered because the angel was sent right from the throne room of God to communicate this message. And the angel says to Zachariah, I'll give you a sign for, for the next nine months. You won't be able to talk. For the next nine months, Zachariah could not talk during his wife's pregnancy. Can't help but wonder if that was a good thing. Verse 25 Here's Elizabeth's response. The Lord has done this for me. In these days, look at this. Don't miss this word. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. The shame, the disappointment, the disgrace. that I felt all this time because things didn't turn out like I thought. It was, it was twisted. I never would have dreamed that it would have happened this way. But God has still shown his favor. You know what? When stuff goes weird... Not how you planned, not how you hoped. I think Elizabeth would whisper to us, sometimes God pours out his favor at unexpected times, in unanticipated places, and on unsuspecting people. And if you're one of those seasons right now where you're stuck and you're wondering, I would encourage you, Elizabeth would encourage you to ask God, to hope for God, to pray to God, to anticipate that God will show his favor in a way that that may surprise you. Um, there are people in this room that will face seasons where things don't go out like you hope. Like um, you're dating someone 
but you don't get engaged. Or perhaps um, you're getting a degree and another degree, but it doesn't match with a career. Or perhaps you're diligent at work and you work hard and you're thoughtful, but it gives you no promotion and you're not really moving. Maybe you have a, a surgery, but it doesn't improve the quality of your health. I'm telling you, everyone in this room will face seasons like this when you are confused, embarrassed, disoriented, indecisive, and you feel like hiding. Me too. Like something happened you just weren't planning, weren't expecting it. And you just want to go to the house and kind of pull the shades and just, just stay there and think and hide, avoid everything. Because the, the issue comes that, that we want to be so deeply devoted, but it's hard when we're so deeply disappointed. And I'm telling you, Elizabeth would whisper, sometimes God pours out his favor at unexpected times, in unanticipated places, and on unsuspecting people. Well, I told you, Elizabeth's going to be a bookend, so this is how it starts. Now let's get to Mary. Uh, the angel Gabriel leaves Elizabeth's side, and he's taken to Mary. He needs to give Mary some news. Um, the story continues. Verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and he said, greetings, you who are, here's the word, again, highly favored. The Lord is with you. I'm telling you, God's pouring out his favor again. Unexpected times, right? Unassuming places and unsuspecting people. Let's talk about this unexpected time for Mary. I mean, this is a girl that's in an engagement. Who would have thought an angel would show up? with this news at this engagement. Like engagements in the first century were much different than engagements today. In the first century, a potential groom would typically go with his dad and they would take an amount of money to the father of the potential bride and they would make a request for the daughter's hand in marriage which would lead to an engagement and money would be exchanged. Um, some of us in the room kind of wish that would still happen, right? Um, but it stopped then. If the father of the bride agreed, what would happen is money would be exchanged, documents would be signed, they would be put on file, witnesses would take place, and the two were bound together in an engagement. The only thing that could, have, could break the engagement was a divorce. Uh, it's quite different today. In, in this day and age, people get engaged and unengaged all the time. So in a real sense, this is an unexpected time. How about an unanticipated place? Remember, Rome is in charge in this section of scripture. They're in charge of all of Israel, the area of Jerusalem, and Rome has established its provinces. Um, the Roman provinces in the New Testament, there's several of them, but the name of the city that the angel shows up to show, to communicate this act of favor isn't even one of the provinces. It's a small town, Nazareth. A small town where, where people will, no doubt, they'll talk. So you think about, you think about that, that place. Now let's talk about the unsuspecting person. Her name's Mary, and we're all so familiar with Mary. I don't mean to overgeneralize, but, but really for the most part in this room, uh, there are kind of like two extremes that we go to with Mary. One, one group, based on background upbringing, um, has almost placed Mary at deity, godlike status. Don't go there. Scripture doesn't. But others in this room have possibly embraced Mary as just 
one normal woman in scripture. Please don't go there either. She is not God. She is not just normal. She is significant. She is the woman that is selected to carry the Messiah in her womb for nine months. Guys, fathom this. The son of God is going to enter the planet through a birth canal. This woman is significant. Listen to her response to the angel. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found, here's the word again, favor with God. And why, why, why is he telling her not to be afraid? Because she is afraid and we would be afraid if an angel showed up in the setting. Verse 31, he tells her, you will conceive and give birth to a son. And you were to call him Jesus. To which, ready? I just want to call time out. Because up to this point, everybody's so familiar. But understand this, the entire history of the Bible has been angling toward this moment. They have been waiting for this exact announcement from the first pages of the Bible. In the beginning, God speaks words. And these words create birds, flowers, streams, plants, days, months. And the words are used to create Adam, who was formed from the dust. And God breathes into his nostrils life. And man is given a living soul. He's made in the image of God. And God looks at creation, says it's good. And he looks at man and woman and says, it is so very good. But sin enters the story in those first few pages. Satan, in the form of a serpent, tempts Eve. Adam and Eve sin, and they are tossed from the garden. And the consequences of the sin are a broken world. To this day, we've inherited a world that's incredibly beautiful and yet deeply broken. And guess what? Right off the bat, God makes a promise. Genesis 3, he tells the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will, stri you will strike his heel. God makes a promise that there will be a time when the daughter of Eve will give birth to a son and this son will crush evil. We're only a couple pages in the Bible and we're already reading news about a rescuer. Ready? But Eve dies. And people wait. Time goes by and a new couple comes onto the scene and they, they too aren't able to have kids. His name's Abraham, his wife's name is Sarah and they're getting older and God gives them a promise. Genesis chapter 12, God says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. All people will be blessed through this couple's descendants and they don't even have kids yet. And once again, a miraculous pregnancy and a birth and the nation of Israel starts and everybody's getting excited about another promise from God. But Abraham dies and people wait. Fast forward a few centuries, the king of Israel, his name is David, a man after God's own heart. David has a palace in Jerusalem. And David realizes that the presence of God and the Ark of the Covenant, while David's in a nice palace, the Ark of the Covenant is in a tent. And David is moved by God to do something special. And he wants to build God a temple in Jerusalem, just like David has a palace. 
But God sends a message to David and says, David, no, you've been too many wars. I don't want you to build me a house. Your son will build a house. And in a beautiful twist of words, God says something like, David, you're not going to build a house for me. I'm going to build a house through you. Listen to this promise, 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 16. Your house, David, and your kingdom, David, will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Meaning a descendant of David will rise to the throne, and I can't help but think of those words that we just say, and he shall reign forever and ever and ever. Another promise. But David dies, and people wait. There's promises, 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 and people keep waiting. People have been waiting for centuries for the words that are now given to Mary in this story. Mary, you are a daughter of Eve, and you will give birth to a son that will crush evil. This son will be a descendant of Abraham, and he will bless all people. And as for the house of David, Mary, listen to what the angel said. Verse 32, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Mary, all these promises are finally coming true. All of it's finally coming true and it's happening inside of you. You will conceive a child and he will be the Messiah. Mary's response, how will this be? I'm a virgin. Like, Gabriel, we got a problem. I'm engaged, not married. Joseph's living with his family. I'm living with mine. We, we've kept our hands off each other. We, we've never become intimate. And Gabriel gives a response. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Ready for this? What the angel is describing is a no-sex pregnancy. Just like the creation of Adam. This is going to be a creative act of God. The second Adam, Jesus. Son of God, without the intervention of a human male. Can you imagine how Mary tries to explain this? I mean, a small unexpected town, this unexpected girl... I mean, the timing is terrible. If ever Mary could have raised her hand and said, not me, like, you, you can find someone else. If ever someone, like, could think, this is not how I thought things would go. I never thought life would turn out like this. It was Mary. But I want you to look at her response. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. All right, I can't help but think, whatever your situation is, even though it caught you by surprise or it's frustrating, you're down, discouraged, and you don't see, I never thought this was coming. What would it look like tonight or every morning this week when you look in the mirror and you say a prayer to God, I am a servant of the Lord today? Because based on our excuse and the thing that's going on in our life, I'm telling you, when you read this, ours is nothing compared to hers. 
So when it comes to the issue of, of a house that's no longer worth what you paid or a car no longer worth, or a marriage that's falling apart, hanging on by threads, or someone you've dated and thought would get engaged, but it didn't happen. And perhaps the hard work that's not resulting in a promotion, or perhaps the degree that's not leading to a career or a surgery that is not going to increase your quality of health. What would it look like if you just looked in the mirror and in the greatest expression of faith, just declare, God, I am a servant of the Lord today. I'm not telling you he's going to flip your script, but he has a way of showing his favor in surprising ways that we would never expect at the most incredible time, at the most unusual place, and to the most surprised people like me. How do we wrap this up? Well, I told you Elizabeth was going to be the book into the story. That's why I set it up at the beginning of her miracle pregnancy, right? Well, Mary doesn't yet know about her cousin Elizabeth's miracle pregnancy herself. I intentionally skipped these verses. Listen to what the angel tells Mary. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is now in her sixth month, Mary. No word from God will ever fail. See, Mary learns about Elizabeth's pregnancy. Elizabeth doesn't know about Mary's. Elizabeth is six months along. Mary's sitting there, uses her brain. And with this news that I've just been told, who in the world could I talk to? Common sense. Someone that's also have a miracle birth coming. And six months further along, So, verse 39, at that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Remember those Roman provinces? Pay close attention here. Nazareth to Judea, Mary's got a 90-mile trip. Guys, 90-mile trip, it's going to take some time. And Mary finally comes to the home of her relative, Elizabeth, who's six months pregnant, And as soon as Mary walks in the door, and I can't help but wonder if she gives Elizabeth a hug and both wombs touch. And the baby inside of Elizabeth, it's the messenger for the coming Messiah, leaps for joy. You read the text, Elizabeth says, oh, Mary, blessed are you. And Mary, blessed are me. And Mary, blessed are all people. You're carrying the son of God, even my baby. Leap for joy. And Elizabeth is so spontaneous in everything that she says because she just finds this out. Mary, you have been blessed with the favor of God. But Mary's response to Elizabeth is quite different. It's not spontaneous. In fact, it's poetic. It's organized. It's symmetric. It's prepared. And I believe it's because she's been spending the last 90 miles bringing together her thoughts on paper. And Luke has given us an account of these words. Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now all all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. 
He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants just like he promised. He's a promise-making, promise-keeping God. So what are the implications? Mary would tell us, he will visit you in your loneliness. He will provide for you in your emptiness. He will strengthen you in your weakness. And he will shower you in his goodness. And it may come at the most unexpected time. In the most unassuming place. To the most surprised people. You and me. So I want to ask you a question. If you're one of those that could say, man, I just didn't expect it to turn out this way. You're ashamed. You're confused. You're embarrassed. If you're one of those that would say, I just didn't think it would turn out this way. What would it look like if today, tonight, every morning this week, you were to wake up and to look in the mirror and say what Mary said today, today. I am a servant of the Lord, and I will trust you today with heads bowed and eyes closed. I know some of you are hanging on by a thread, and some just needed this reminder today. Some of you will need this reminder about a few months from now, a year from now. If Mary could whisper something to us, I think she'd tell us, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep trusting. Keep putting him first. Because you never know how his favor and grace might show up. When you least expect it. In the most surprising places. And in a myriad of ways that you never dreamed. God, I pray that this moment would be sealed with these words. And for marriages and dreams and hopes that are hanging on by a thread. Please let this be a reminder to never give up.